Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Embracing the Gray with Vic and Kels, where we are here to challenge the all or nothing thinking when it comes to all things food, body, and mindset. And today we have a very special guest again. I'm super excited about this. So we've had Becca on with us for two episodes, which was great talking about overcoming the fear of failure and talking about stop waiting to live your life until you lose weight and all of those things. And today our special guest is Miss Jenny Northern. I'm so excited to have her here with us. She's been in the program almost a year now. We're getting yep. close. And we're going to be, I call Jenny my queen of small things. And we'll talk about what that means <laughs> here in a little bit. But thank you so much for joining us, Jenny. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. I'm doing well. Yay. And by the way, Vic has never met Jenny. So how are I you? I know. Well, this will be even, this will be fun because I know very little other than just meeting you a few minutes ago. So it would be cool if you could kind of tell your story highlighting just major key points. I know that Kels mentioned queen of small things, but what does that mean to you and certain situations and circumstances that got you to the program, how you are now and things that have changed? We'd love to hear it. Yes. So I'm married, been married for 24 years. We have four kids. I became a mother when I was 18. So I started adulthood as a mom. So that sort of started my my journey of life and raised my kids, was able to stay home a little bit uh, with them when they were young and then kind of went back to work. And I always tell people that I'm working with that I kind of did life backwards, I say. So I became a mom and started to raise my kids and then went back to work, back to school, things like that. So interesting kind of just perspective that I have on having been a young mom and then working through a lot of challenges as a mom. So I'll definitely dive into the small things and how that applies. I think kind of the background of the story that I'd love to share is motherhood, of course, brings seasons. Life brings seasons. So if you're not a mom, you can still relate. Just each season brings its challenges. And I think for me, so my second child, when he was born, needed a heart transplant. And that was probably one of the most defining moments of my life because navigating through that was one of the most devastating and hard things, but came out of that circumstance. He did get a transplant, had a miraculous recovery, has had a miraculous life. You come out of that with a perspective of how hard it was. I never want to go through anything like that again, but how much appreciation you have for life and recognizing when hardships come, you have to sort of try to keep that perspective that things can be worse, which is kind of horrible, but it also keeps you having an attitude of gratitude in a way because you recognize if you just appreciate the small things, you can try to find joy in any circumstance. And for me, even when he was little and in the hospital, he was in the hospital for a while, even we had the perspective that we didn't even have the worst case scenario there while he was not doing well. So that's interesting to walk out of children's hospital feeling like you're not the worst case scenario there. And that's humbling. And also it's just a part of life. So we felt thankful that he had a miraculous recovery and we were gifted the gift of life through an organ donor. But I think for me, what really set in as I had, I, so he was just our second. So we had two other kids after that, that was each season is going to bring its challenges. And as I went back to school and I started a new career and my career has been a lot harder, I think in some ways than I expected it to be. So I do ultrasound for a living. And a lot of people think that's scanning babies and so happy. And really, I actually see a different side of it. I see a lot of cancer and a lot of hard things, a lot of miscarriages. And so <clears throat> those are the challenges that in a job that you find physically demanding and also emotionally draining, how do you kind of leave work and still find happiness and have time for yourself and not feel totally drained? So I got into a season where I just kind of felt stuck. And I always have wanted to be an optimistic person, but by nature of having hardship after hardship kind of happen in my life, I felt like I was actually becoming pessimistic and a little bit kind of like a realist, like, well, if I'm thinking realistically, something bad is also going to happen again. And if I went through the laundry list of all of life's challenges, there have been a lot of hardships that we faced. But what it did to me on the inside was sort of just gave me a survival mode of life. And I wanted to feel joy again. And I also had just by nature, just of change in life and change of working out and growing older, had put on some weight and my weight really, really, really bothered me. 
I was an athlete before I was a mom. I was very active. And so what happened after I kind of gained weight in the season of going back to school and working so many hours and picking up extra shifts was carrying the extra weight on me was bothersome because I didn't want to have the extra weight, but it also was actually more of the weight I was carrying in my mind as to things that I wish that I could change. So what brought me to the program was other friends talking about how great Kelsey was and how just different things she has helped them work through. Those were things I wanted in my life. And so I've been hugely blessed to have taken a chance on myself, the money for sure. I have a really hard time putting a money on myself. I think that sometimes comes with one of the challenges of motherhood, but it was just a big, it was a big commitment I was making to myself and I wanted to make drastic changes. So I wanted to make the money seem worth it. And I know I am showing up for myself and I know I'm making small changes every day and I feel like the weight has been lifted. So I know I'm making progress. Absolutely. It's been so fun for me to just see a whole new energy, a whole new light in you from before you started to now you really are this mentor. You're this leader in the group. You really have become just somebody who, who is just joy who just brings joy to each of our coaching calls. And I, I love it because I know before we started, it was in this place of just feeling almost like you said, survival mode defined you. That's, that's Mm -hmm. who you were. I'm in survival mode. The world is against me. Like nothing really goes right. And I know that that's not who you really wanted to be or, but it was just felt like that was your reality in the moment. What were some of the things that you and I did to help take that weight off? Weight is both physical and obviously that mental, emotional weight. What were some of the things that you started implementing to help with that? I think a big aha moment I had at one of the retreats was when you showed the spiral of emotions and I could actually visually see myself at what spiral level, which was pretty low. And knowing I wanted to be a person that radiates joy. I want to be a person that's happy. I want to be a person that people want to be around. I want people to come to my desk at work and be glad to see me sitting there, to see me smile. And what I was actually doing was projecting a different emotion of that. So when I saw that spiral of emotions, it gave me hope that I could see actually how to dig myself out of it, how to unbury the next level. Because I could see, oh, if I actually look at a different emotion, instead of sadness, if I can look at anger, what is making me anger that's making me feel like I'm stuck in sadness or whatever it would be. So that was like a really big aha moment for me that I actually felt hope that I could unbury these levels of just mental, I don't even know, I can't even describe it. I did feel buried in my thoughts. So how to unbury myself out of my own thoughts was a big aha moment for me. So The other thing that really shifted for me when I have met with Kelsey and talked with Kelsey is I would talk with her on my one-on-ones and I'd be walking and we would just talk about my daily life things, which is, you know, you can compound, oh, I'm overwhelmed by this, or I don't know how to make changes with food, or I don't know how to make changes with what I say to myself. And on my walks, she helped me walk through almost just changing my perspective. Like in some aspects, honestly, it was look at the world around you. What do you see? What do you smell? What do you hear? And I could start to do those things with a different perspective, even at work. So my walks became so important to me because I actually, instead of being stuck in a negative thought process, because of even just how I talked myself through those walks while we were doing our one-on-ones, I view it differently now. So I'm looking for the opportunity to be positive or to have something to be grateful for than than just walking with the thoughts of what's bothering me on my mind. And another thing I'll say is I I definitely know that I, I grew up with the world around me operating sort of in that way. Like maybe others in my life have a history of survival, like acting in survival mode their whole life. And so I've had an example of what I really don't want to be to other people, to my children. I mean, I just want to be more encouraging and more life-giving to people in my life. So I don't know if I can say exactly other than for me, my walks were transformative when I walked with you because of how you helped me talk through my inner dialogue. Mm -hmm. 
it's that thought reframe or thought work. If people can just learn how to reframe the way that they are looking at any given situation, it really can be completely life-changing. And this is the work we obviously do in the Rediscover You Free program. And it's so funny because when you talk about that, I just started to have awareness. I started to notice. It reminds me so much of you, Vic. I remember you texted me and you're just like, oh my gosh, something major has clicked in. She was at the gym and she was listening to a Tony Robbins, I don't know, some sort of a Tony Robbins clip or video or motivational talk. And he was talking about the RAS, the reticular activating system. And you had had a professor who had for years told you, notice what you notice. Notice what you notice. Yep. You want to share a little bit about that? Yeah. Well, it makes me want to listen to it again because I feel like I'll have the revelation again, but it was essentially, Jenny, you're obviously in the medical field, so you've probably heard about it in some sense, but just it's essentially a system in the brain, like a filter for your brain. And so the common example we give is a Tesla and you're going and trying test driving a Tesla and then you start seeing them all around. It's not that they didn't exist before. It's just that your brain is now kind of oriented to that. And my professor had always said, like, notice what you notice, notice the things that you're noticing. I'm like, yeah, no, duh, notice the things you notice. And I didn't understand what that meant in the sense that kind of reorienting and reframing to, if I want to notice the progress I've made, I'm going to start noticing ways that I can make more progress. And I'm going to start realizing, oh, I could do that one thing that will make this easier. It never really clicked for me that saying, and he told me it in at the one of my first days in college and just kind of having that realization almost six years later, it was mind blowing in the gym. And then I couldn't even contain myself because I was so excited and just realizing how much power we do have over our emotions and the things that potentially it's not woo woo, but the things that you might be bringing into your reality because you're literally focusing on them more. I did have a question for you, two questions. So the first one I had is knowing that you want to have the tendency of being positive and uplifting and joyous. What do you do in the moments where there are more negative emotions? Like how do you let it be? Do you let it, do you let it exist and give it its time and let it pass? How do you deal with that? And it's kind of going off of a podcast I listened to with Layla Hermosi Kels. Mm-hmm. And she was talking about how, regardless of what she's feeling, she's going to get the things done anyways. So she's like, if I'm feeling upset or frustrated or dis- whatever the feeling is or emotion, she still can go speak on stage and do everything in her capacity. So how do you, in the sense, when you're feeling those more negative emotions, what does life look like for you? What do the small things look like for you? That's so it's funny that you asked me that because I definitely feel like what the challenge has been since I started this journey of trying to change my mental outlook on everything, every little thing in my life, that it is hard to go through challenging seasons now because I'm like, oh, this is really hard to feel positive and upbeat and not have toxic positivity, but to allow yourself to to feel that. So I've gone through a couple hard things since last November and I definitely have allowed myself to feel bigger emotions. I think before I was like suppressing a little bit, just don't let yourself feel it because time will pass anyway or whatever. But I do have to make daily challenges to not ruminate, I think is the word. It can't be the overwhelming thought all day, every day. So I allow myself, I think, to box things a little bit, like to just put it in a box for a little bit. And I have to come back to that later. And I've gotten really good at that, which is challenging when an overwhelming emotion of something is kind of encompassing, like it just is taking over because there are things in life that are like that. So the biggest things that I have done in the last few months, for sure, is I do take a daily walk, uh, no matter what. And I have the privilege of having an at-home treadmill and I can go to different gyms or my work has a treadmill, but being outside, no matter the weather has really helped me um, just actually look look for something to enjoy, look for something in that walk in the moment. I mean, I love how much my dog loves going. So there's little things that I tell myself like, okay, I don't necessarily maybe want to walk right now, but I know I'm doing it for me. I'm showing up consistently for myself and to bring it back to a story. 
Um, from last year, we went on a trip where it was a road trip. So we would hop out and hike and hop out and hike. And one of the things that really bothered me was I wasn't as easily able to do that. And I set the goal within myself next year, when we do a road trip similar, I want to easily be able to hop out and hike. And so I gave myself a little bit of a goal, but also what's helped me unbury where I was is I'm just physically taking action each day to do something small. And so the walks have been huge for me. And then also allowing myself to feel the emotions for, for sure, but also mentally, not necessarily swapping a thought, but giving myself something else to think about to say, okay, I don't want to stay stuck here or what's the next thing and what's something small I can do today. Kind of my theme I wrote down that I've tried to stick with when I get down on myself or when I feel like, oh, this is hard and is Am I being better than I was yesterday? What's the trajectory of my life? Am I just doing better than I did yesterday? So if if all that is, is actually waking up and going to work, but doing my walk and throughout the day, I'll just go take a lap around, around the hospital, just take a quick lap. I'm looking around for sunshine. If it's kind of gray skies, you know, I'm looking for shade spots. I learned that on the Manitou Incline. There were small, tiny little spots of shade. And you learn to very much value those when it is burning hot. So we just got through summer in Colorado and it is burning hot outside. Didn't matter the time of day. I knew there was going to be shade on the walk somewhere. So you're really looking for opportunities to be thankful for something. So definitely having the gratitude. And then, I mean, I know a lot of people kind of can obsess about the steps and things like that. For me, it's literally just showing up for myself to know I want to be more active than I was yesterday. And I know I'm seeing changes in my body, even if there's no changes on the scale, just by showing up for myself and unbearing kind of the heaviness of what's been on my mind. And I know I feel lighter and more capable of walking, you know, every single day consistently close to 9,000 steps. It's been amazing to watch (laughs) because it really was before we got started, you taking 10 minutes for yourself to be active was a big ask. And now you're consistently, you're finding these small moments throughout the day to get these steps in. And a couple points, I just wanted to make sure that I, I highlight that you've said, number one is your why, your intention behind everything that you're doing. It's not solely for weight loss or for aesthetics or whatever else. It's for performance in the sense of, I just want to be able to do these things. I know we had set a big goal for you to be able to hike all the way up to the Manitou Incline, which is 2,700 steps somewhere around there. Yep. Two, seven, six, eight. There we go. We're going to get the exact. (laughs) And she and I, Jenny and I were able to do it together at our retreat this last time, which was absolutely incredible. I'm so thankful for that gift. And me too. so that recognizing why you're doing it again, it's, you're not doing the steps so that you can burn off the calories or you can earn your food or so you can look a certain way. It's so that you can keep a promise to yourself and so that you can show up and, and have that mental health. The other thing that I love about your walks, and this is kind of, again, that notice what you notice kind of like biblical is seek and ye shall find. Mm -hmm. And it's this idea that when we are constantly filling our minds with all these reasons that we're helpless, that we're overwhelmed, that things won't work, we're seeking confirmation of why it won't work or why things are terrible. But on the flip side, if you can seek things that you can feel grateful for and have appreciation for, you you will find it. it. It's super crazy. You will find confirmation for whatever it is you're thinking about or believing. And I know that the, the spiral, if no one knows what the spiral of emotions is, I'll make sure that we put a link in the description. But the lowest of low feelings is helplessness, feeling like a victim, feeling just worthless. And then coming the highest emotion is appreciation, joy, you know, just that overwhelming gratitude, but we can't just get from one to the next. And sometimes we have to go through, like you said, anger, frustration, contentment, whatever it is, what it is. (laughs) And you can build yourself up to that gratitude. But the best part about neuroplasticity and the way that we can rewire our brain is the more often you do this the easier it gets, the more autopilot it gets, the more automatic. And I just, I love this. I love that you have taken the time 
it's not even just trying to find things that you appreciate. I know for you, it's moments of presence that I'm not going to just be in my head ruminating about possible worst case scenario futures or ruminating in my head about the past things that I can't take back or change. I'm going to bring myself back to this moment right here. What does the sun feel like on my skin? What do I see? What is the flowers? Like, what are the seasons changing? How's my dog feeling? Bringing yourself to this moment right here. And I think that that's Mm -hmm. a beautiful coping skill to have. Jenny, could you kind of touch on, I'm curious how the transformation you've experienced has impacted your kids and your husband and the relationships between all of them and has anything changed? And if so, can you kind of tell us about that? So I would say the biggest change I feel towards my husband specifically is just, I think we both would easily speak challenges or, you know, like, oh, that's not going to work or this is going to be challenging. And now I'm easily like, nope, we're not doing that. We're going to say it's going to be great. This is going to be great. That's not going to happen. And I just never outwardly would speak that before. I do it most easily with him. So I'm learning to still try to do that with my kids. And actually, I mean, my kids are anywhere from 25 to 17. So they're adults. And I'm, I do find it challenging because when you feel so overwhelmed of having knowledge or appreciation for something, you want to share it with everybody, right? I do find it's hard because you, you're like, oh, if you just didn't feel that way, you could do this or whatever. So it's hard to not give unsolicited advice constantly. Mm-hmm. But I feel like what I'm trying to speak is let's not speak the negative. Let's, let's speak the positive. Let's have the best intention for this or that this is going to go great. And I, I most easily are trying to snap those conversations from how they have historically been. Cause I definitely be like, yeah, this is, this is going to suck. Or even I'll find myself like September is a challenging month. Cause I picked up a ton of shifts. So I knew we were going to be short staffed. We've had people out with surgery and stuff. And I'm like, you have to set your intention. Even that's going to be a challenge. And it's sometimes not even a positive. It's kind of, it's kind of a lot, but it's okay. September's going to suck and we're going to do it. We did it for a purpose, you know? So I'm trying to even like, just speak more positive, even on something that is challenging. I wouldn't even guess that your kids were as old as they were because you are, you have aged so gracefully. I'm like, you have a child that's my age. (laughs) Yeah. I could have, you both could be my children. (laughs) No, no, (laughs) no. (laughs) I do find it interesting because I think that I would say like my relationship with my mom, she tends to want to be very positive and it's just interesting. There are times where she just kind of has to let me be and do my, my process, my emotional process. And we still get around to the same conclusion that, you know, everything is going to be okay or whatever, but I would say for the most part, like my mom is kind of similar in the sense where you're like, no, we got this, you can do this, but it takes me a little bit longer to get there. And whereas you, you had mentioned that you were trying to change, see things positive and then work on the negative stuff. My natural inclination is to clean up the negative thoughts and then focus on the positive. So it's just so interesting how our brains just our predispositions, our tendencies to go certain places first. It's just, I I love having these conversations. Yeah. I find it challenging because I have been in seasons of life where I literally felt buried in a nine foot hole with mm-hmm. no sunlight at all. And I did have someone in my life at that time said, just change your perspective. And I'm like, I don't have perspective. I am buried in a hole so deep, I don't see an end in sight. I don't see a light at the end of the tunnel. What I feel is so heavy and so hard, but that became like who I was and like how Mm -hmm. I faced things was just that buried person that nothing is ever going to change. And that's why a year ago or whatever, I'm like, listen, I don't even foresee seasons in my life changing. Now we'll be empty nesters at the end of this year. So that's a little bit of a change. And of course life changes, but I don't see my career changing and my career is challenging. And I don't see like, you know, my, my lifestyle changing. I don't see myself becoming a motivational speaker and doing a different career. I don't see that yet right now. So it's literally like I had to say, I wrote, if big changes aren't coming, what can I do to change the season that I'm in? I am not staying the same person, but I also have related that 
time in my life and seasons of my life. I mean, adulthood, since I became 18, there's been hard things and I can't even unravel half of what's happened. But I would say anyone listening, like I've been through really, really heavy, heavy, heavy things. And I, I know that you do have to make a choice during that time. Sometimes there is literally like, you can't even, you can't pray. You're so buried deep. You can't even say words. You literally are just breathing through your day. I mean, there were weeks on end in the hospital, my son, that we didn't know if he was going to live that literally I didn't have, I didn't even have anything to function outside of getting dressed in the morning, sitting in the hospital all day and going to bed at night. So I know that there's seasons of life that are so hard like that. The last thing you need is someone to be like, it can get better. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. And so I've tried to be careful with my words towards others that are hurting or like my kids going through a hard season or whatever, because I don't want toxic positivity either. It's always going to be fine. It's going to be fine. And so there's a balance of just trying to say, are you asking, like, can I help you right now in any way by giving advice? Or do you just want me to listen? And also I kind of found myself thinking, I wonder if my kids listen to this podcast, if they'd be like, yep, that's my mom. Or if (laughs) the changes that I'm making still are so subtle to them but they're so big to me because in my heart, I know I've had Mm. such a big shift because this is still a daily challenge. I mean, when we make changes in our life, you still actively every single day have to make a choice to still be a better person tomorrow. And I, I just feel like instead of just staring at a computer screen and being like, this is my life is tomorrow me packing yogurt and granola and making a good change. Cause I'm eating breakfast. The shift that needs to be tomorrow is tomorrow saying tomorrow's not a day. I'm going to get very many steps in. Like I haven't gotten very many steps in right now is today a day that I'm going to do that. Well, heck yeah. I'm going to try later today to go make it happen. You just have to make active little choices every single day to just keep focusing on a different trajectory in your life. And sometimes that is just going through the grind. And sometimes that is, feeling like, wow, I really made huge progress. Like for me, I got to go on that trip a few weeks ago, hop out of the car, go do hikes. And I was leading the hike instead of following, or I was like, no, let's stop. Mm -hmm. Let's go walk two more miles. Or because I was in this step bet and trying to get a bunch of steps, we walked more on the beach instead of driving more. So it just is those little small things. But I kind of felt like, do I feel like a fraud is this really me? But it's just, it's been so monumental to me because I feel in a totally different headspace. I promise you, we in the group have seen the huge shift from when you first joined to where you are now. Mm-hmm. We know it's real. And I obviously, and I, I even just physically, when I saw you at retreat to see what a difference those few months apart had done, I see the difference. I notice the difference. And it's, it can be tough because we we're so used to seeing these huge before and after pictures. We're so used to people wanting results right here, right now, as fast as possible. But I think that the way that you're doing it is is building a sustainable foundation. So it's actually something that you can do in the long term. And the biggest thing that I love is every day is you casting a vote for the type of person you want to be. Did I cast a vote for being a more person, someone who's really present, somebody who's, who has appreciation, somebody who moves her body, somebody who takes care of her body, somebody who tries to take even just five minutes to take care of herself, which I know in the past felt impossible. And it's really interesting. I, I love how you said, because I remember this, especially in our first retreat compared to the second one, Jenny's now been to three, <laughs> But that first retreat, you said it over and over and over again. I'm buried. I am buried. I am buried. And it was who you were. That was the person that you were identifying as. And and we have this innate need to act consistently with who we believe we are. And now you're identifying as this woman of small things, you know, who does the small things every day and shows up because this is who I am. And it's just really cool to see that. And lastly, I just love this when somebody is in a really, really low spot, I've had to learn this with my boyfriend because I can be that wanting to be optimistic and wanting to be, it'll all be okay. It'll all work out. And I've had to learn to shut the heck up and just listen and, and have to ask, Hey, is this a listening moment or is it a fix it moment? What do you need from Mm -hmm. me right now? And I will give you that, but I've, it takes a moment for me to pause and not just try and fix it. Mm-hmm. 
And I would say the realm of things that we do, it's a natural inclination to want to step in and help. And so also I just like that reminder because I think that it's hard to draw that line between career and personal and really being like, oh no, Josh just wants my perspective on this or no, he is needing encouragement um, because I've definitely struggled with that. So I like how you brought that up, Jenny. And also how you said, you know, do these things just seem really subtle to them, but they're monumental to you. I felt this a lot. Maybe it wasn't showing on the outside, but I knew that there were so many things changing, but it was hard to get that confirmation sometimes even from the closest people like my family, because they just know me as a certain way or we're always together. So it's hard to see those things over time. Um, But ultimately I can see just, this is who you are. And just from the way that you're talking and the way that it's oozing out from you. So it's just really cool to see, especially because I have no idea other than this call who you are. So it's just been Mm -hmm. really cool to be able to chat about it. Can you touch on the concept you had mentioned about knowing that your career isn't going to change, but that you're going to be in it? What does navigating that look like? How do you move through that knowing this is your career and this is what you've decided to do? And it, yeah, I you're going to show up regardless. Yeah. For one, because I changed careers. I mean, I was in my late thirties when I went back to school and I've been doing this now. Um, I would say that whole thing t- happened 10 years ago. So school took me three years to get through. I've been doing this in my job now for seven. And because I know for one, how much work it was to go back to school and actually find a career. Cause I was doing a little bit in healthcare before that, but set my mind on this career. Uh, I accrued debt. I know kind of what the financial piece of how much I make is. So I can't be like, oh, I could just go do this and make that, you know, so I don't feel like there's some shift that can easily be made. And also I love what I do. And that's another funny thing too, is I don't feel like my family felt like I love what I do because I came home so drained and so just, ah, because I give everything to my patients. Well, I know that that's not going to change. So I have to find a way to be, alive when I come home and to feel a different emotion than Mm -hmm. just, sorry, I gave my best to to everybody else. Um, But I really do love what I do. I am able to help people every single day. I do a lot of procedures. So I'm with people say for an hour and chat with them. And they're in probably some of the hardest days of their life, navigating through different diagnosis and things like that. And so I have the ability to talk to people in one of the hardest seasons of their lives, just on a surface level of just letting them connect to anything they need to connect to that they bring up just by little questions. I ask them, you know, where they live or how long they've lived there. And it's incredible the conversations that open up. So I really do love um, helping people. Um, When you're helping sick people, it is hard because sometimes people are bringing in a very challenging emotion. So some of it is also very negative, but if you look at that as an opportunity to help people, Some days are harder than others, but if I go into it with an appreciation that I get the ability to reach people on that day, wherever they're at, and I do believe that God brings whoever I need to see into my life at the time. So I'm like, okay, I'm headed into this and hopefully I can be a gift to somebody, but some days are harder to have that mentality than others. But I think for me, because I feel like I've chosen to do this career and financially it meets our goals for right now, I'm definitely not looking into something else and looking to be like, well, what could I change? What can I do? No, how can I make the best of where I'm at right now better because I'm not looking for a change? There have been times maybe in my life where I dreamed of doing other things before I went back to work. I was a leader for small groups and for women's groups and motivational speaking type things and things like that in the aspect of it being in the church, led tons of moms groups, Bible studies, things like that. So I kind of have that past, if I let myself think like, oh, that's more of the life I want to be living. That's also taking away from the contentment of saying like, where am I today? What am I doing today? And maybe a change will come in my life. I don't know. But for me, it was like, okay, this is my career. I'm probably doing this until I retire. And if that is the case, what am I going to do to be in it and to sustain it? And I think the other thing that's really interesting about my job is it is physically demanding. It's like nursing, right? You have to be physically able to care for people and to move people and things like that. And 
I've had a few work-related injuries. And when I would go to those physical therapy appointments or whatever, I did feel like a bigger body coming into a, a, an appointment where it could be easy for them to be like, well, yep, you're hurt because you're not working out and you're carrying around a lot of extra weight and perhaps you should be better about that. And I was fat shamed a few times, but for me, it, I have got to focus on the whole motion is lotion, use it or lose it. Like there's been a couple phrases that mm -hmm. physical therapists have said to me just tangibly and I want to be a person who's active, who is doing better for my body in order to continue to live. And then in my job, work-related injuries are super high, but I love playing pickleball. So it's like, I want to be able to do those things. Well, the only way to be able to do those later is to do them now and to find time to do them now. And literally just getting my body moving in small ways. And that's where I'm like, just get started. If you're in a heavier body and you're not moving at all, just getting started just doing a hundred steps, going for a walk for five minutes, go for a walk five minutes one day. And then next week, go for two walks for five minutes. Like that's how it started for me. It's just 20 minutes. Or I sometimes see on Facebook, people's posts, like, I'm really struggling. What do I do? And this one lady was like, I come home from work from the medical field and I'm so drained. And I'm like, just go for a walk. When you get out of your car, tell your husband, you'll be inside in 10 minutes. Just go clear your head, look at the sky, feel the breeze. Like you just have to find really, really small things to start to make changes because they do compound the habits build. They become something you look forward to and just starting slowly moving your body. Like for me, I've been walking enough now that, I mean, I could go do whatever hike that I wanted. I know it's going to maybe take more time, but I still can do it. I feel better just being in the gym because before I didn't want to go to the gym because I've lived here my whole life. And so I'll run into people and be like, I'm in the biggest body I've ever been in. And they'd be like, oh, there's Jenny. And whoa, she's in a big body, <laughs> you know, or she has put on a lot of weight. I don't want to feel like that. And it would keep me from going to the gym before. Now I just walked enough. Mm -hmm. I feel comfortable enough just being who I am. I feel like I can go work out at a gym. And it's not been big changes. I'm not on any kind of a diet. I'm not doing any kind of restrictive eating. I'm just trying to make small little changes every day that help me to make bigger changes down the road. Which one of those things, when it does come to nutrition, you had brought this up on one of our coaching calls last week, and it was the idea of pairing. Would you mind sharing just one instance when you've done yes. this? Yeah. So I think the pairing, the, the pairing for me that I brought up most recently was I love these little donut holes that we have in our cafeteria at work and easily I could just go down there and get the little cup. It's literally in a cup with a little lid donut holes. And, oh yeah. Um, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> yep. So I know that that's probably going to not make me feel great to just have those in coffee. And so I, but I still kind of wanted them, but I also have been trying to be consistent, more consistent with oatmeal and trying to eat breakfast in the morning. And so that day I was like, I am not going to feel at all shame about going to get the donuts because they sound good, but I'm going to have my oatmeal first. And then I literally had maybe two donut holes and I was done. And I was like, well, that was good. And then I think I had the donut holes for two or three days sitting on my counter, I brought them home and I had maybe two the next day with something. But for me, that was connecting the, I can add that little bit of something I'm craving to something else that I know is actually, it's, it's not because it's a healthier choice. It's because it's the choice that consistently I want to make with oatmeal. I don't know. My two go-tos are oatmeal in the morning or like yogurt and granola. But for me, I was just like, just to have it in addition to and not even worry like, oh, well, maybe I should eat less oatmeal. Nope. Just had it with oatmeal, had the donut holes completely helped me have the craving curbed or whatever. And then I didn't even, I didn't eat the whole cup. I didn't eat the whole cup even the next day. It just was an easy pairing for me that I didn't feel any guilt about it or anything like that. Cause probably I'm going to have the donut holes anyway. Mm -hmm. And it just helped me make a better physical moment choice of like saying, let me try this. And I didn't even really want them. And those are the things where we really try and help people switch the way that they think about things is what can I add rather than take away? Because so many, when people think about dieting, it's deprivation, it's restriction. I, I have to feel bad if I eat these things. And then what it does is it ends up putting these foods on a pedestal. It ends up, we end up having more cravings for them. We end up feeling out of control with them when we do allow ourselves to have them. And then we think we're addicted to these foods when no, it's just the, the kind of mindset and not letting yourself have it. Um, 
when you want it. And so I really appreciate just understanding like, what can I add that's nourishing and really just realizing how much more satisfied you can be eating less. Mm -hmm. I just think that that was an excellent kind of pinpoint there that I wanted to make sure people understood. And again, it's these small things. I think you said it yesterday or maybe last week, but you're just, okay, I'm ready to start focusing a little bit more on the nutrition side of things. I've really gotten the exercise piece in that has really just become a part of who I am. It was a big rock. Yep. It took a lot of conscious effort. It took a lot for me to just do that. Now this is just who I am. It's just something I do no matter what. All right. What else can I add as my next kind of big rock or next thing skill that I'm learning or putting a little bit more focus on? And I just mm -hmm. think that that's such a much better sustainable way of looking at it. And it's like you said, it's, it's about trajectory. It's not about arriving. It's about making sure that I am that 1% better each and every day. And for you to have the courage to go to the gym, for you to have even the courage to actually order what you want. Cause I know that that's something we've talked about too, is fears of what people are going to think about with me yep. eating, eating this food or whatever else. We're so in our heads about what people think about us. That right there, people, I'm not kidding. The best weight you could ever release is the weight of other people's opinions. Yeah, I actually had that written. I said, I have to let go of what other people think because I was so focused on my body and being miserable and blah, that it's like, literally I would think when people would pop around the corner at work, the first thing they'd think was, oh, Jenny, she's heavy. You know, like I just I'm like, that's so silly. But even in that, I wanna be, when they walk around the corner, they're like, there's Jenny. She's smiling. What is she going to tell me today? What kind of crazy story did something happen? You know, it needs to be about that. And that whole thing was probably just in my own head. We don't know what those people are thinking. We're judging them based on what we think they're thinking. For sure. And that was a very big thing that happened with me was I was always assuming people were thinking things about me. So I would even go into situations and circumstances, almost be more negative because I'm thinking they're thinking these things. And I was telling Kels the other day, we'd all go out to dinner, right? And we all want salads before dinner. And I'd be like, oh, are people going to think I'm just going to eat the salad because that's probably all I should eat. But really that wasn't even crossing anyone's brain. Everyone just wanted wedge salads because wedge salads are amazing. But the weight we're carrying is the weight that we think that people are thinking. Now, yeah, there are opinions of other people that they will openly say things and you're like, hey, what the heck? But a lot of that is just our own mental clutter. And yep. that realization, I, obviously it's been transformative for you, but I I know for many people, once they, that clicks in, it's like, wow, I'm making up a lot in my head <laughs> about things that haven't actually taken place or, yeah. you know, people are thinking things, but it's not actually happening. I think yeah. for me, that stands out for both of you. When I first met Victoria, a word that she used that had never occurred to me, it was the word exposed feeling mm -hmm. exposed that, that the literal weight that you were carrying on your body was just an outward projection of all the things that you had been going through privately, all of the struggles. It was like, you were literally wearing all of the mental struggles and now it was exposed for everyone to see. Mm -hmm. And so that's again, why this idea of commenting on people's bodies or shaming or fat phobia, it's just so frustrating. The amount of judgment that a person is already putting on themselves, they don't, they don't need your help. They freaking know. Okay. They, they are struggling. And honestly, all shame does is keep people stuck. It keeps them isolated. Mm -hmm. It makes them less likely to go to the gym or to actually try and take care of themselves because they feel all this shame. And so just really being conscious of the way that we talk about and the way that we treat people and speaking, which we didn't even talk about this, but your blood work came back and mm -hmm. massive improvements again, without restrictive dieting, without crazy amounts of exercise even without a ton of change on the scale, your blood work, you are a much healthier person now. Do you want to share just a little bit about that? 
Yeah. So the biggest thing I was worried about with that was my A1C for sure. And just all of it, my liver enzymes, you know, have been up and things like that. But I did have to set out my mindset on that day when I went in to see the doctor. For one, I had to physically say, I'm going to do the blood work because I need to face this. I knew in the last few years, it's been creeping up my cholesterol, all the things, which is also a good motivation for me. It's been in my head and, you know, building, I really have to make some changes or I'm going to start having long-term repercussions from not physically making other, other changes or whatever. But I was so nervous about how that was going to go because you still don't know what numbers are going to be. You don't know what the weight, I, I wouldn't know what the weight was going to be on the scale because I hadn't been weighing myself. But I literally said, I'm going into this as data. This is, you know, I knew that I'd made changes, but I was going to speak proudly of the small changes that I've made to my doctor. And so when I went in, I said, I do want all the blood work done, but I know I'm showing up for myself consistently. I'm doing about 10,000 steps a day. If not over the week, it's definitely the average. I'm, I'm not really taking off days at all. I am trying to drink more water. I am trying to be mindful of all the things. And I said, I, I will be dead shocked if something is not better and that they're worse or whatever. I, I just did the Manitou incline. I had all these things that were small successes. And let me just say on the Manitou incline too, you could look at that perspective and be like, I was slow. I, I mean, people post times all the time on Facebook. I was one of the slower ones out there. Who freaking cares? It was something I did. I don't care if I did it slow, which is why I want to do it again, just to do it again, to have the opportunity to do it again. But when I went in there, I was so proud of myself for just saying, listen, I'm here. I'm showing up for myself. I want the blood work done. I'm going to face it. If I need to make more changes, which more would be good still, I'm working on it. But he was like, you know what, Jenny? this is awesome. He's like, you have, you have been doing it and you should feel proud. And then when my numbers came back, everything had shifted in a really good way. And I'm telling you, I have not made crazy drastic changes. I have been trying to be consistent with oatmeal and I've been walking a lot and a lot of water, but I'm not doing crazy anything with food, trying to just pair my options trying to be more consistent with food. So I'm not starving at my next meal, which actually has me eat in front of people more than before, because it's easy to be like, if every time they walk by my desk, I'm eating, what are they thinking? And that was a thought in my head. But now I'm like, I'm eating because I am at work during the hours that people need to eat. <laughs> I'm here from basically seven to four. If I starve myself till four, I'm going to make a lot more poor choices and I'm going to be dying of starvation. And sometimes I don't even feel good not eating. So I'm like, I'm being consistent for myself. This is actually a good thing. But it's interesting listening to everyone talk about what other people are thinking at work because everybody's thinking the same thing. All they're, you know, thinking about me and my body and all the things. So anyway, I was so proud because I felt confident that I had been making small changes and I know they're going to add up. I know they're going to stack up. And sure enough, that's what showed. And I was very happy about it. It's so cool. It, That's it's amazing, this, right? It's like an inside out change. Oh, I, I was so, so proud. It. It, and yeah. that's, that's it guys. Like if, if that's all I want people to walk away from, from this episode today, you can feel completely buried. You can feel like you are drowning in survival mode. You can feel like my body might be too far gone, or I have no idea how to make shifts or changes but it is those small things. It's just like, I know Victoria was the same way, just starting by going for a walk. It, it compounds. I know it feels small and insignificant, but this is how we get out of that all or nothing thinking. Something is better than nothing. And these small yep. things, that's why they're called atomic habits. They're small, tiny habits that have an atomic effect. They really compound and have a big impact and can absolutely change your life. And it's so fun for me because the other thing that I notice with each and every one of these is just how much more courageous you are with all of it, like courageous to, to go up on the mountain, to go to the doctor, to eat in front of people, to hop on this podcast, to, to share on our coaching calls. It's the coolest thing ever. Cause for me, I've been able to watch this whole, almost just transformation. It's awesome. It's kind of like the David, right? We've just been chipping away all of the excess weight of the judgments of other people or whatever else, the projections of ourselves. 
And it's like every single day or every single time I have you on a coaching call, I just start to see more and more of the real Jenny who's always been there. To get out of that hole, guys, imagine a ladder and you're just going to have to take it one rung at a time. And it's, it's one small thing at a time. And it may feel like it's, it's a big journey. It may feel overwhelming, but it is possible. And this is also why guys notice she drew a line in the sand. Like, and I know it was a big deal for you. I remember this day making that financial investment, making that decision to a come to retreat and then to do coaching and to join the program. I know what a big deal that was. But the amount of change I've seen in you ever since joining the program is just, it's mind blowing for me. So I want people to understand just how important it is to draw that line into the sand and to get accountability, to get support, to get help reframing your thoughts. There's sort of a metaphor of like if a donkey was stuck into a hole down buried underneath and um, every day someone came and threw dirt on, on it shake the dirt off, let the dirt go down beneath you. And slowly over time, you're literally compounding the dirt that was underneath you and and he's going to find his way out of the hole. So literally just the tiny little things that you can do to build a little bit of grounding, literally you can find your way out of that. And one of the things that I is cliche, but life is going to pass anyway. And I wanted to have a life of gratitude. I'm beyond thankful that my son lived and you have the perspective of life and death. And there have been other things. I am so glad we survived that, but you can find a way to feel joy, even in your hardship. If you just kind of have tiny little things that you're able to do, that you're able to focus your mind on, look outside and see sun, find something that brings you peace. If it's a meditation or I don't know, but it's possible and for me, I I didn't even, I, I didn't feel like then it even felt possible to feel happiness or to feel joy or to feel not stuck. And a hundred percent, I feel like it is now. And it's still an active choice. It's a daily choice. It's a daily choice to say that really horrific thing happened, but I've got to find a way to go do something still with my life that continues me in in the trajectory of where I want to go even if that's just being happier, like it's not even anything different, right? I just want to feel happier than I am right now. Absolutely. And it's that internal, it's not that I'll be happy when it's exactly find happiness now. And eventually things will follow through. And it, it reminds me of DBT therapy, right, Vic? Yes. This horrific thing happened and I can still feel peace. I can still find something to feel good. It it's that and that is so, so important. So good. Oh my gosh. I it was so you- great meeting you, Jenny. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for hopping on here, Jenny. Vic, I knew you'd love her. I think that there's just a lot of kind of connection. And I just, I really do. I appreciate you hopping on here, you sharing your story. And if it gives hope to anybody that no matter how stuck or how buried you feel, there is hope that you can get out. Thank you, Jenny. All right, guys, have an amazing rest of your week. And if you want to book a free breakthrough call with me, just have an opportunity to sit down. We can talk about thought work, kind of help you work through whatever it is that you're going through or to see if you're a good fit for a Rediscover You free program. Please be sure to book that call, draw the line in the sand, and let's start making changes together. And other than that, guys, we will talk to you next time. Thank you so much. Bye.